Hey guys, welcome to Hacked Off. My name's Holly Grice, and today I wanted to talk to you about the stages of a penetration test. So really kind of taking it down to that level for organizations who are considering penetration testing. Maybe a, a partner company or something is mandating it from you, but you've never really done it before. Or maybe you just think that the way that you're performing security testing could maybe be improved somewhat through penetration testing. I talked previously on the, the differences between penetration testing and red teaming. And this time I just want to concentrate on that pen testing side of things. So human-led security engagements to identify vulnerabilities in systems. Now, one of the things that, that organizations sometimes expect when they first start looking at penetration testing uh, as a service to get somebody in to deliver security testing for them is that security testing will therefore take away all of their uh, testing concerns and they don't need to really think about it too much. They could just outsource to a pen testing company and they'll, they'll do all of the things for them. And whilst that's certainly true, you can get a third party to come in and just do a security test and then you can take the output from that and uh, improve your security, fix the vulnerabilities, patch the systems, those kinds of things. It's not necessarily the, the best way to handle things. A lot of things can be uh, implemented internally or, or managed internally that might be a little bit more cost efficient. So there'll be uh, gains in the amount of time that the penetration tester will be required to deliver the service, but also gains in terms of just the output. One of the problems with penetration testing will be just the size of the security test report. If you get all of your systems, all of your web applications, all of your servers tested at the same time, you'll probably get a huge report from the penetration testing company and that might be a little bit unmanageable. So you've got to a point, your company's grown or you've, you've moved into a new area and you're thinking, right, we should get a penetration test done. So first of all, what is it? It's a human-led engagement. So this differs from vulnerability assessment or vulnerability scanning, which is an automated process. A human will come in and take a look at your applications and try and find vulnerabilities in them. Although we talk about penetration testing as if it's a, a single thing, a pen test. We can actually test uh, different systems in different ways. So you can have a penetration test of a cloud environment or uh, infrastructure, which is kind of servers and, and network uh, systems, as we would refer to that as infrastructure, or web applications. Very often you'll find that uh, a different tester would come in to perform those different penetration tests. A part of the reason for that is we, we have different certifications, different experiences, those kinds of things. Someone who's previously worked as a systems administrator, for example, might uh, become a really good infrastructure penetration tester and software developers often make really good web application testers. That's not a requirement. You do get some testers who are uh, able to deliver a variety of testing, certainly if they've been doing testing for a while. But we will test uh, infrastructure, web applications, cloud environments separately. So let's take just as an example, web application testing. Maybe you've got a website, something you've built in-house and you want to put it on the internet and make sure that it's safe from attackers. How would you go about actually getting that done? The first stage is, as we would refer to it, as pre-engagement activities. That's getting a penetration tester to come in and, and take a look at how big is the work. For penetration testing, because we're actively looking at it as security consultants, there isn't really a, just a package where you can get you know one pen test. It depends on the scale and complexity of the application. So a penetration tester will come in, take a look at the application, its feature set, uh, how big it is, how complex it is, and, and come up with a, a, an amount of time that it would take for them to be able to test that. At some point in the future, you'll then say, yeah, this sounds good. You know, you'll agree an amount of time and the penetration tester will come and look in. 
And it's not like vulnerability scanning in terms of there's some finite or complete list of payloads that we'd send to a system. We're going to play around with that system and try and work out the ways in which it's supposed to feature and if there's any way that we can um, alter that such that a security issue occurs. Now, this can be something quite specific like SQL injection, and I'll talk a little bit more about the specific vulnerabilities in a second. Or it might just be something like a, a business logic issue, so being able to, to subvert the payment process or something like that. But the way that it'll work is we'll initially sit down, play around with the application, and you'll hear terms like fuzzing. So, so fuzzing really means something quite specific, but that, that term is uh, sometimes overly broadly applied to just mean effectively flexing a function, sending data to that, to that function, seeing how it's supposed to work, and see if we can cause it to perform some unexpected behavior. So that unexpected behavior might be to, to throw an, uh, an error, to throw a stack trace or something like that, or just um, give back some input to the assessor that was somehow unexpected or, or possibly um, unhandled exceptions, that kind of thing. So we'll play around with the function. We'll see what it does, how it's supposed to function, and then see if we can get it to do something else. So an example of a vulnerability, which is a fairly easy one to, to look at if you've never really looked at the specifics of security testing before, is something like SQL injection. SQL injection is a great one to go to because there's loads of resources online if people want to take a look at the specifics of how the vulnerability works. SQL injection was first released on Christmas Day of 1998 as a, a first kind of publication of an official, you know, this is what SQL injection is and this is uh, how it works. That was written by Rainforest Puppy all the way back in 1998. So it's not a new vulnerability, but it's certainly one that's still relevant. We see organizations like uh, TalkTalk getting hit in 2015. That's a, a general go-to example. But there's lots of examples of organizations getting hit with this vulnerability because it's common, but it's also fairly simple for an attacker to detect and then exploit. So it's a good example of we'll take a look at a function and we'll find a vulnerability. So if you imagine something like an e-commerce website where you have uh, products being displayed on the page and a user can supply some input to that application. We might not really think of it as user input, but you know where a user can select categories or select certain products to view the details. That application will request from the database, hey, show me product number 14 or something like that. And an attacker might be able to alter that input. So instead of it being 14, it could be some um, different payload that causes it to extract other information from the database. So instead of it retrieving you know, the product information or something like that, it's like, hey, give me the list of usernames or give me the list of passwords or something like that. So we're just altering the logic of the command that's being executed by the server there. It's not that we come in and we you know, hit go on a scanner or there's a predefined list of payloads or something. We kind of play around with those functions, flex them, and see if we can cause a, a vulnerability to occur. So that's the reason that a tester would have to come in and say, you know, this is why uh, I, I need this number of days. This is how complex this application is based on that input. So what kind of vulnerabilities do we look for? If you wanted to kind of understand more about the kinds of issues that a security test is going to come in uh, and try and find on your systems, uh, a good place to start for web application vulnerabilities would be something like the OWASP Top 10. So hopefully most people are familiar with this, but just in case a few people are listening who are very new to this haven't heard of that before. OWASP are a not-for-profit organization. And they talk to uh, security businesses and ask them to uh, explain a little bit about the kinds of vulnerabilities they find and also the prevalence. And then they come up with this thing they call the top 10. They have one for web application vulnerabilities. They have one for mobile uh, vulnerabilities. And they add to that uh, information about fixing the vulnerabilities as well. But the OWASP top 10, a sensible place to start if you want to take a look at the vulnerabilities that are out there. Now, I mentioned SQL injection as uh, a vulnerability that we'll test for. And I said it came out in 1998. 
Yet on the latest version of the OS Top 10, the category of vulnerabilities injection is still number one. It's A1, and it's been number one for a very long time now. So injection vulnerabilities are still a real thing that we should check out, but there's a lot of other vulnerabilities there as well. But they'll all be tested for in the same kind of way. We'll flex a application and see if we can cause it to perform some behavior that causes a security impact. Once we've done that, we'll... Um, if we find a vulnerability, we'll actively try and exploit it. And this is something that a lot of uh, companies are concerned about because they maybe believe that um, the exploitation of vulnerabilities can cause system instability or those kinds of things. Or sometimes companies might be concerned that we'll try uh, testing for something like denial of service vulnerabilities. So denial of service vulnerabilities are, are what they sound like if you've not heard that term before. It's a, an issue in a web application that can cause it to become unresponsive. Generally, we, we don't test for that kind of issue. We look for mainly um, impacts against confidentiality and integrity. We can test for denial of service vulnerabilities, but of course we'd want to do that in a, a pre-production environment or a testing environment or something like that. But yeah, the OWASP top 10, great place to start to understand the kind of vulnerabilities that we discover. When we find a vulnerability and we get an indication of a vulnerability, we would see how far we could take that. So this is one of the big differences between penetration testing and vulnerability scanning, where a vulnerability scanner would send a, uh, a payload to a server expecting a certain output or a certain signature. If it's vulnerable, the penetration tester will find the vulnerability and then see how far they can logically take that. The reason for this is... Uh, firstly, to reduce the false positives and vulnerability scanners being uh, automated systems sometimes just make mistakes and, you know, highlight a vulnerability that doesn't necessarily exist or maybe has a reduced impact over what we would commonly see. So a penetration tester would find a vulnerability and actively play with it. So in the example of SQL injection, where we find this vulnerability that might allow us to extract information from the system, we would see if we can take small pieces of information that would prove the vulnerability is legitimate, but wouldn't cause any kind of system instability or, or, or business concern or something like that. So we might send a SQL injection payload to a server that, for example, extracts the version number from the database. Through that, we can prove that the vulnerability exists, but it's not going to cause a security concern for the company. We're not dumping huge amounts of PII or anything like that, confidential data. We just prove the vulnerability exists. Another difference here as well would be that where we find a vulnerability, we can leverage that vulnerability to access uh, other components of the system or to chain together vulnerabilities. And it's a really interesting aspect of penetration testing where sometimes we'll find two vulnerabilities that in isolation would be considered low impact. But if you put them together, they can cause a higher impact. So continuing the same example there with SQL injection, if we can extract information from the database, we might be able to pull password hashes or something like that. So those are cryptographically protected passwords. And that would be step one, the first vulnerability found, an injection vulnerability. And then we can take those uh, cryptographically protected hashes and say, hey, can we return these back to passwords? Can we take those passwords and can we access features of the system that you wouldn't be able to publicly access, those kinds of things. And we'll try and take that uh, exploitation as far as it can sensibly go. Now, there is, of course, um, some ability through penetration testing to cause uh, disruption and those kinds of things. But generally, before we begin testing, during the pre-engagement activities I mentioned earlier, we'll talk to a company about the kinds of things that might cause disruption and the kinds of things that might cause um, instability. And in short, we won't perform those actions. If we find something that might cause a significant uh, business impact, like a high-impact vulnerability that's just a potential vulnerability, we can highlight that to the company and say, hey, we think there's an issue here. And we can test for that in a, in a safer environment. So maybe we'll take that test to a pre-production environment or a testing environment, something like that. So with penetration testing, we're trying to take a, a, as wide a view of the application as we can. 
to find high impact vulnerabilities that allow us deeper into the system. And that's really the benefit of penetration testing. The output, of course, will be a penetration testing report, which will highlight all of this, those vulnerabilities. And we'll talk about them in terms of their um, independent risk using something like the CVSS bear scoring system, which I, I won't get into here, but in short, it's just an industry standard scoring system for the impact of a vulnerability. And then we'll talk about chaining those vulnerabilities together as well. We'll see how far can we take all of the vulnerabilities in turn? Can we get administrative access to the system? Can we compromise internal network hosts? Those kinds of things. So the takeaway from a penetration test will be just a report that highlights the security vulnerabilities to you. A lot of companies will see that as a, a really good approach to security. You get an expert who comes in and unlike a lot of security teams or IT teams for companies who you know take a look at security once a year, you get somebody who does that as their primary job. They look at security every day, they take a look at the, the whole application and come up with some security issues and highlight those to the company for fixing. But actually sometimes it, it can be better for the organization to take some of those aspects and, and perform them internally. So you can get a kind of uh, best of both worlds approach. Penetration testing being consultancy-led can be somewhat costly. It's this kind of pay-per-day approach for a lot of um, consumer or commodity pen tests. So an alternative approach would be to look at the aspects that a penetration test is looking at and saying, what can we do internally? So some of the simple vulnerabilities, things like checking your patch management system, checking for default uh, credentials, checking for weak passwords, those kinds of things. You can do those things internally. And it might sound uh, strange to hear a penetration tester saying, oh, you can do a lot of this work yourself because, you know, with that bias there, you might be thinking we'd want to do everything and, and, and just come and supply a, a complete package. And we certainly can do that. But one of the things to bear in mind is that, you know, the penetration tester wants to come in and look for the really complex issues and the really interesting security issues. And things like missing patches or those simple vulnerabilities, you can often find yourself. So there's a lot of work you can do there. So I always do recommend organizations take a look at things like the OWASP top 10 that I mentioned earlier and just become familiar with what their vulnerabilities are what the classes or types of vulnerabilities are, not only so that they can better understand the report, the deliverable at the end of the engagement, so that they can um, tick off some of those things themselves. So you get a lot of simple vulnerabilities, encryption vulnerabilities on data and transport, those kinds of things, and they can often um, find them themselves and, and just with a little research or with some uh, publicly available tools, uh, improve security themselves a lot. So that's a, a thing to bear in mind. You don't necessarily have to outsource all security testing uh, entirely. But yeah, just in summary, that was a, a, an introduction to kind of getting a penetration test. How does it work? Contact a penetration testing company and they'll come and take a look at the application and give you a, a scope of work for the types of testing that they'll do and how long it'll take. And then we'll play around with the application and, and do that fuzzing thing that I mentioned earlier to find vulnerabilities and supply these to you in a penetration testing report. So I'm curious to hear from you guys, if you're just considering getting penetration testing done, if you've never had a pen test before, what is it about security testing that concerns you? I mentioned some things earlier, like the potential for disruption, and hopefully I've, I've put those concerns to rest. But what is it that concerns you about pen testing and why haven't you made that leap before? That'd be really great to hear. If you guys want to drop us those uh, questions or those concerns to uh, social media or on Twitter, or of course you can email us as well.